Welcome one and welcome all. We are live this evening on Berry Flow Upstream number 98. This one is entitled BB10, which I know crazy, right? Um, we're here with the everlasting Alex Bass of Cyberbytes Inc. Blaze will not make it tonight. He's actually eating dinner. He probably sat down like right now with his mom for a nice Mother's Day uh, dinner. So happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out yeah. there. Guys out there, definitely, uh, you know, say, say something to your mother today before you get in the doghouse. <laughs> How you doing today, Alex? Pretty good. I uh, just enjoyed a nice brunch with the family, and uh, I'm excited. My my brother is building a mini ramp in his backyard at his new house, so that'll be up in a few days, and that'll be some fun. Mini uh, ramp, yeah, that's dope. Yeah, so it'll be interesting. We'll see. Now I have an excuse to go up to Buffalo other than the hot wings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> So we really don't have too much to talk about today. I wanted to do just a quick show to touch base with some of the week's news. We're covering May 1st through May 8th. And really, not a lot of news. Uh, in the blog post that we actually put up, um, we covered the fact that there really isn't much to discuss. What I really wanted to talk about is there's some wider rollouts for Priv software. So more carriers are getting that update to Android M. Alex and I chilling here on uh, AT&T. Still waiting. Still waiting. Yeah, yep, yep. But... You know, um, I'm expecting them to have it maybe within the next week or two. You know, that's knock on wood wherever you find some wood. Do that for us, please, because we want the update. Uh, beta, T-Mobile actually rolled up an update to the beta. Blaze mentioned this on a past podcast that just because Marshmallow is now here does not mean that the beta is over for those on Marshmallow. So, again, participate in the beta. Continue offering your feedback so that we can get even better OS updates that roll out to the actual end users. Again, just because that update is live on non-beta devices doesn't mean the beta is over more updates will be coming so which i think that's pretty cool Absolutely. Uh, mis mr john chen seemed pretty optimistic i don't know if you saw some of the interviews that he did uh with the milken uh, institute conference his panel thing was kind of like over my head to a degree in terms of like how much i really care he's such an intellectual person and he covers so many different aspects of like technology and yeah. socio-political i mean he really has a wide breadth of knowledge and understanding i mean he's on the board of directors of Disney. So he, he's got a high level overview of a lot of different things. So in his panel, some of the things he talked about were not Blackberry specific, but really right on the nose for technology and mobile and security and how we're going to move the IOT forward, which I did think was kind of interesting. Hit up Crackberry. There's a lot of uh, stuff there. John Chen specifically discussed digital Darwinism, how companies can survive and thrive in the digital age. Again, a lot of good insights. The man really seems to understand exactly what he's talking about. And honestly, probably the best man for the job to bring BlackBerry to survive through into this digital age. <laughs> Alex, did you happen to take a look at that video yet? Or was it something that really didn't uh, pique your interest too much? I, I skimmed through. I, I jumped to like the middle of it and just listened to a little bit what they were talking about. Um, I mean, it, it was a panel discussion, so it wasn't just between you know John Chen and ever and and one other person. So and, and as you mentioned too, a lot of it was kind of over my head, and at least in things that I care about. Uh, obviously, we'd love to hear him talk about devices and things more, but there's not really much to say about that. And uh, so I guess we're just kind of playing it out right now. And I, I didn't actually catch too much of it. I was thinking about watching it, but you know I had to finish House of Cards this afternoon, so that that was my priority there. <laughs> I need to start catching up on some of those shows too. It was a definitely a cool thing. I'm glad Blackbird consistently does this global conference every year. I mean, Heinz did it, and even some of the old co-CEOs. So it's been a consistent thing Blackbird has been a part of. I don't know if there's a little bit of a kickback in terms of how they support the conference financially, but good. It's in Chen's backyard over there in uh, LA and California, so not too far for him to go and visit. 
definitely very interesting stuff. I mean, they're talking everything from connected homes, robotics, social media, data, and all of the different layers and things that go into that. So definitely a very interesting conversation. It's good that we have someone at the helm of this company that understands kind of the forward-looking uh, antithesis of what is to come as we really transition into a truly digital age where the Internet of Things is a real thing and it's around us yeah. all the time, more so than it already is, right? I mean, we all have physical hardware, but imagine when that stuff is biometrics and things like that, and it really takes it to a whole other level when we are the technology, you know? Yeah. Crazy, crazy stuff. So definitely check that out. It's on Crackberry right now. Uh, Blaze posted that up on May 2nd, which is pretty cool. Uh, I wanted to move over. I talked a little bit about this. He did some interviews at this conference because obviously there's a lot of press coverage. And John Chen seemed a lot more optimistic about devices. There's two or three different interviews that went out. And John Chen was very specific. He seemed a lot more confident than he normally is. Uh, I know when the earnings call came out, and this is something, you know, Alex, you and I have talked about before. Um, when he does these earnings calls, he's always trying to appease those investors, right? Mm -hmm. So his tone is, is very much like, yes, I understand the hardware business is struggling. No, I'm not going to stay in it if it doesn't continue to make me money because that's what the investors want to hear yeah. to a degree, right? They don't want Chen to continue to lose money on needless things. So he very much at that time, the media presence and his whole tone was about, let's appease my investors because they're the ones who are ultimately keeping me working at, you know yeah. i work for them and vice versa now that we're, we're kind of in between quarters right now he seems a lot more confident and when speaking with the general media talking cnbc and the like just seemed a lot more calm cool collective about where this hardware business is going yeah and he was essentially kind of talking about yeah you know i we're very close to breaking even with the hardware business and we want to stick with it but he did kind of throw out that out there where, you know, if it doesn't, if it takes too long, then I do have a fiduciary responsibility to my investors. So I may have to do something about that. But he's like, you know, we want to stick with it. Um, but he does bring up both sides of the fence. So if it was up to him, I think he would 100% just push for hardware. But he does obviously have to take into consideration his investors. And that's just where the, you know, the tough part comes in. So two devices coming. What's interesting is there was a little bit more specific on the timetable. He said specifically talking about these devices hitting market by the end of two devices by the end of fiscal 2017. Excuse me. Yeah, the end of this fiscal year, which would be in 2017, February timeframe. So when asked about the first device, he said late summer, early fall, which to me is August, September timeframe, right? Somewhere around there, maybe even earlier. And then probably the next phone to launch holiday season or early next year, which would just make sense, right? That aligns them up to be able to hit their quarterly numbers so that, you know, some of it's rolling into Q3, some of it's rolling into Q4, and the hardware sales will on paper look a little bit more solid for them because they're going to have priv kind of going throughout there. Um, again, when John Chen uses the word absolutely when talking about, you know, further hardware additives to their lineup, it gives you some interesting perspective as to what BlackBerry is really going to be doing with their hardware business. As Alex said, we got to make it break even. And bringing Alex Thurber, as we discussed in our last podcast, to be that VP of device sales under Carl to really focus on those types of sales on the hardware side is, I think, very beneficial. And I think that additive bringing him in makes a lot of sense to help kind of push hardware. Because at the end of the day, BlackBerry needs a more direct relationship with the actual customers they have as opposed to the carriers who then have that relationship with the customers right taking it from all angles is definitely going to be something they need to do to push those hardware numbers seven six hundred thousand i think was what we got the last quarter which is not enough 
in terms of you know hardware devices, especially when we have a brand new Android-powered smartphone. So it's going to be interesting to see can they turn the tide on this. Alex, do you think mid-range is the way to go here, or should they push to the lower end and, and really go for that saturated market? Because again, they're already on Android. Why not? I'm I'm not je- I'm not jealous of China of having to make this decision. Um, I know, like in the interviews, CNBC people are all, all saying, you know, uh, Apple's running into problems with the high end. So are are you taking some of? Are you taking advantage of this or trying to take some of their users over? And China's like, you know, it'd be great to be able to say yes. You know, we're taking some of Apple's users, but he's like, I I really don't think that we are. But you know, we we might. Um, and is it? I don't know. It, it just I think you can have a high-end phone now and it can last you quite some time. It's not even really in BlackBerry's interest um, to have a phone that lasts a very long time. And, and like I, this phone will probably go through, once I'm done with it, it'll probably go to my my uncle, who's he's probably gonna hold on to it for three or four years. So like it, it, the phone lasts a while, which is not gonna bring more people buying it. So mid-range phone might make sense, but from the enterprise standpoint, I don't know. I really, I genuinely do not know the best move to take. I know personally, I want a high-end device regardless. Like I, I need a high-end Android BlackBerry device. So it's, if they're not going to make it, it's going to make me sad. But It's ironic because at the end of the day, if we look at where BlackBerry's kind of positioned themselves right now, they can't go low-end just for margin's sake. Like right now they need the money. You know, it's not a volume game. It's not let's increase market share. That's not what they're doing. They are, we need to make money. Yeah. So going mid-range is probably as low as they can go right now because at the end of the day, you know, it's a business. And if they're not bringing in profit, what's the point, you know, to appease you and I who, who want something with a BlackBerry logo on top of it? No, that, that's what some people are saying. They're like, well, build a high-end device and just and just essentially make no money on it. Just, just sell it to get it out there. And it's like there's no reason to build market share. What does that do for BlackBerry? It doesn't do anything. You're selling an Android phone. It's not helping the BlackBerry ecosystem. So realistically, all they should be selling phones for are either to get people on their software solutions or to make money off the hardware. So if they can't do either one of those, then it makes no sense to really sell the phones. So mid-range may end up just being the, the thing that makes sense in that scenario, selling it to enterprises and things. But it's not necessarily the consumer play that, I'm, that I'd be excited about. But I don't know. Do you want to keep them alive? Yeah, I definitely think, and I I feel like John Chen, and, and you said this earlier, like, you know, John Chen wants to stay in hardware, period, point blank. And I think BlackBerry, from a perception perspective, needs to stay in hardware, too. It's something that I think is very important for the business. It's something that perception-wise, John Chen said in these interviews, he says, I have customers, and I have to at least offer them an option. End-to-end, if they want it, I have to be there with a solution, period. I mean, I have a lot of customers, but I have customers, and I need to take care of them. Uh, and BB10 right now, the way we look at it, is not something that's necessarily attractive because it hasn't seen the kind of uptick in market share growth and apps and services and the whole integration that we see on Android. So I know there's a lot of people out there who are just like, damn, I just I just wish BlackBerry 10 had better Android support. Well, that's what the pr- that's what the priv is. You know, at the end of the day, it's that BlackBerry with better Android support, right? It runs full Android, so it's as good as it's going to get. Now, with that being said, feeling more confident that they are going to push two phones by the end of the fiscal year, I think is important from a consumer perspective as well, because it gives BlackBerry now that they put a foot in Android and we're able to stand upon it, right? They have a solid enough foot and tack on what the actual Android experience is going to be. And I think they feel comfortable now to continue down the Android line. Now, you can kind of see a fork in the road, right? As they go Android, 
they're going to head more consumer and obviously still try to attack those business customers. But it's going to be interesting to see what actually happens long term for them. Because I think there may be a little bit of a merger that comes through where you're going to go have to go Android to appease those consumers and bring them on board. But at the end of the day, BlackBerry 10 is still exists. It's still this thing in the corporate space that you know is going to be important for them. And I honestly think, you know, as I as I sit here with my passport, right, and as my priv collects dust over here, <laughs> um, you know, BlackBerry 10 is still so advanced in terms of the features that it has that I think Marshmallow kind of is now feature parity with BlackBerry 10 on a lot of aspects. On the security aspect, the app permissions aspect, on the multitasking aspect. A lot of it seems to now kind of be on par. But to think that my phone that came out two years ago now is matching what I have on <laughs> something like my you know, my, my $700 priv is kind of crazy. Yeah. What do you think, Alex? Do you think that there's honestly some propensity for BlackBerry 10 to have any sellable market share. In some of these interviews, he mentioned doing an actual breakdown of where the money is coming from from hardware. So actually breaking out, you know, either by region or by device type, be it Android or BB10, what's going to actually be what in terms of the balance sheet. Do you think that's going to be beneficial? Do you think we're still going to see some decent BB10 uptick, or do you think it's really going to be heavily slanted on the Android side? I think for the general consumer market, they, they don't really have too much business getting... BlackBerry 10 anymore, unfortunately, because I look at I look at a, you know consumers who are, are buying into the BlackBerry preference and family members who I'm helping set up their phones and things. Very core things, uh, so like their photos being backed up very nicely within uh, you know Google Photos. Something that I always jump to is it's just so easy to bring photos in there. So setting that up for my family members and everything, it's just so easy. They just log in and it's working. Whereas, yes, there are workarounds to get, for instance, Google Photos working on BlackBerry 10, but there are a bunch of workarounds. And yes, you can turn on Dropbox so it will sync your photos to Dropbox, but you only have two gigabytes of Dropbox storage for free or else you have to pay for it. There's no like elegant solution on BlackBerry 10 for backing up photos seamlessly. So just things, little things like that for the consumer aspect. Um, you know, thinking of older people who necessarily or don't necessarily want a phone other than to be for communication, photos, and things like that. That's where it becomes kind of difficult. Um, I, I don't know. I, I just... <laughs> I don't know what that noise was. <laughs> that noise was crazy. <laughs> um, but I, there, there's probably some place for it for certain types of people, but I feel like the average consumer market who are probably the people buying Android devices right now uh, probably not. There's definitely a place for it. I just don't necessarily know where. Um, maybe more you know, in enterprise. I, I, I got I to gotta give it up to, to Cobalt. I got to honestly give yeah. it up. He built an application called, uh, I'm actually trying to load it right now. It's called uh, Google Settings. And he also built an application or mod modded an application called BlackBerry Google ID. And it actually looks like a, a native BlackBerry 10 app. And it helps build in a lot of those permissions. So you can update your registration of your Google ID, and you can actually jump into app permissions. And in the Google settings, now there's everything. I mean, you really can't see much here. My screen is too bright. But there's Google Photos backup, Nearby, Play Games, Google Fit, Data Management, Connected Apps to help with your wearable connection. There's a lot of stuff that's been hacked around on BB10. So Alex is saying, you know, Google Photos, that's something I have on my BB10, and it works perfectly. I take a photo, it auto-backs it up without having to use the browser or anything. But, again, those are all hacks and patches. I understand Alex's point where you just want it to work. You don't want to have to jump through all those hoops, especially for people who are you know, a little bit older yes, and just don't want to have to do the, 
techy, hacky, you know. But honestly, that hackery, that stuff, that customization is something I honestly love about BlackBerry 10. Side loading, the Android apps, all that stuff is something I personally enjoy. But again, that doesn't help you sell devices, right? Because no. the end of the day, people are going to return it saying, yo, where are my photos at? <laughs> yeah. Brandon, you and I are both on BlackBerry 10 right now. How you doing, yeah, bro? Yeah, pretty good. I didn't know we were starting early, so I was out, like, running. Just, oh, uh, man. I'm all sweaty now, man. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you got, like, a nice Mother's Day tan or something. I wasn't sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I just want to add one thing. Uh, just a little epiphany I had kind of today. I've, I've always had my passport, my passport with a case on for, like, the past year that I've owned it. Things and, built, though. And, like, this past uh, couple of days, I actually took the case off for, like, the first time. And I'm actually – it actually stunned me at how thin the passport is, and I never really realized it because I had, like, a thick kind of case around it. And now mm -hmm. I'm, like – now that I'm using it without Blackberry. the – You have a BlackBerry – oh, yeah. Yeah, I have a BlackBerry hard case, right? And now that I'm using yeah. it without the case, I'm, like – you know, that, it's actually kind of nice putting it in the pocket and everything. So there you go. There's the my little – Passport is one of those devices that you do not need a case for because it is so. It is. It is probably one of the most solid devices on the market. You could knock yeah. someone out with it. It, it just feels solid Yo, in the hand. The, the original passport with the sharp corners is literally a weapon of mass destruction. <laughs> <It was. laughs> yes. And I hate that I said that on a Google Hangout because NSA is listening right now. That I said. Uh, <laughs> but it's funny because uh, I I use my. Uh, mine has the blue U-carbon uh, skin on it, which you can't really see right yeah. now, which is, again, super pointless now because I cover it up with this case, but I have the little flex shell, the leather flex shell, so that it has a little stand. That's the yeah. only reason I still use a case because sometimes, you know, I'll use it. It's just, and we're going to get into this conversation about BB10 versus Android and what works for different users, but as we clear through the rest of our topic list, again, Marshmallow is coming out. Time actually called the BlackBerry uh, 6210 the most influential gadgets of all time, bringing mobile email, mobile calls, and all that to a mobile handset, which really drove the market. And this is something I've said for a long time, and I'm glad Time kind of recognizes it. Maybe you guys can chime in on a little bit of your opinions. I think BlackBerry has a really good uh, prowess at cutting the edge. BlackBerry has always kind of cut the edge of technology, innovation, UI, everything. But they don't necessarily lead the edge, whereas BlackBerry's there, like literally cutting the pie. But Apple's going Apple's to be the one to go eat it, right? Like NFC, boom. Apple comes in with NFC, Apple Pay, and now NFC is a thing. So uh, in terms of actually cutting the edge, it's going to be Apple. But in terms of actually being that fine point that's actually doing the leading, it's always been BlackBerry. And I don't know if that's because they're more, you know, have more tenure in the market of mobile than others, yeah, or what the case may be. But even with things, like, let's say time shift camera, Brandon, right? People get live photos on iOS 8 or 9, and we've had that literally since 2013, you know, with time shift and all that. It's we've, Everything in terms of features that is coming on some of these other platforms are things we've had. For instance, Android N is bringing things that we've already had on BlackBerry 10 for years. It's just really interesting. What do you guys think about, you know, Apple versus BlackBerry in terms of who's leading and cutting the edge in the market? Yeah, it's, it's one of those, you talk about innovation, it's one of those things where you rarely see the the big conglomerate really leading the way in terms of, in terms of innovation in a lot of areas, right? And if you think about it from a business perspective, it really doesn't make sense to to waste money and resources on technology that you have no idea on whether it's going to really be 
um, taken up by the market. So if you're in Apple shoes or, for instance, Google shoes, why would you waste money, especially in the mobile space, why would you waste money and resources trying to like reinvent the wheel when you can get somebody like BlackBerry to do it for you and the second BlackBerry does anything innovative, they can just swoop in, inject a bunch of money and then they already know, you know, based on that initial, you know, kind of startup environment that BlackBerry or another company might create, they know, they already get some metrics back from the market, some kind of sentiment from the market and they know, you know, okay, yeah, this really is a thing so let's invest some money in there. So it's, it's kind of one of those realities where you have these smaller companies that the, mar the, way the, the way the market works is that you need these smaller companies and, and the only way they can thrive is to really create something new, right? And, and, and what that creates is that I, what I've noticed a lot now is that, and it's probably always happened, I'm just more aware of it now, but a lot of smaller companies now are coming up with these really innovative ideas and I almost get this feeling that a lot of companies develop these ideas in hopes of getting bought out by a Google or an Apple. Like, they, like I feel like a lot of companies now, they develop ideas and, and innovation, but they don't do it to make it a widespread thing. They just want to make it to a good enough level to make it enticing to a larger company to buy them out so that they can roll it out into a wider program. That, mm -hmm. and that's, the, that's a feeling. It might not be true, but that's a feeling that I get. Um, with a lot of things that I see out there, especially in the in the technology space, it's you're so right on that. And I think to to balance right off of that, Brandon, like we look at where BlackBerry Ten was day one, right? It had such innovative things, tap to shutter, you know, just tap the screen to take a picture. So many things that at the end of the day, BlackBerry removed because it wasn't consumer enough. It wasn't like commoditized and conformist enough. So people were like, "What the hell is this? How do I take a photo? You know, there's no button." And and that whole idea. Parlays with you know why Android and Google aren't necessarily the ones going out and doing all these super super innovative things in terms of actually getting to that mass appeal. I think it takes a while for the, the uh, education of the actual customer to happen. It's probably one of the most costly things in, yes, in this industry because customer education is just one of those super super pain points. And marketing is not customer education either. It's customer informing. You know, it's it's acknowledgement, but it's not necessarily education. Whereas like this podcast is probably more educational in terms of Blackberry than uh than much else Blackberry's actually put out on like the help blogs and things like that. It's really a, a kind of a weird point. I definitely think Blackberry is a very in influential gadget and I look forward to a time where we can look back and say, you know what, BlackBerry with the with the Passport, with the Priv, redefined what is influential. And now on Android, right, where we can say that now BlackBerry is really influencing Android. We see now Samsung building keyboard case covers and things like that. BlackBerry continues to be influential, and I think people mistake BlackBerry's irrelevance for the copying of others, right? And I honestly believe that the influence may not be life-altering or you know totally industry-changing, but that influence is still here, right? BlackBerry wants security on Android. We see Marshmallow come with obvious security focuses and things like that. It's going to be continued pace here. I hope the influence doesn't stop and that they can continue to have that footprint in the market. What do you guys think of some of these deals? I didn't know May Madness was a thing. I'm pretty sure it was March Madness, but BlackBerry's like, yo, we got some extra inventory, holla. Uh, some of these deals are pretty cool. Priv, you get $100 basically worth of accessories and passports dropped its price on some of these deals. Would you, any of you go out and get one? Like, I'm kind of hesitant. I want to get a Passport SE because I, I'm, I don't, not that I'm tired of my red one, but I want, like, the quintessential BlackBerry, right? I want the best one I can possibly get. So 
and I'm thinking like 10.3.3 is coming in what June, July, in a couple of months. So I'm really looking forward to oh, getting okay. a brand new OS, brand new BlackBerry 10 phone, and just giving it a giving it a whirl, giving it an honest try. Would you, any of you guys, you know, recommend a BlackBerry 10 phone right now? Do you? Because it's it's so much easier to just say get a priv, you'll be happier longer, and I don't have to deal with your moaning and complaining. But BB10 is a better OS. Period. Point blank. Brandon agrees, right? But, right, but uh, who though? <laughs> It's, exactly. it's the type of person, 100%. That's what it comes down to. My sister's had a priv for about five five or six months now. And and she's like, you know, the BlackBerry 10 OS was a lot more solid. But she says, like, the she says mainly the real advantage to Android really is the applications. Like, the OS, she couldn't care less. She, could, she, could mm-hmm. care, she couldn't care less about the operating system. And the functionality that it gives her, uh, but it's really the <coughs> sorry the apps, and, and I think that's one of those things where it's like you ask, you know, would I recommend a BlackBerry 10 device to somebody? And it's kind of like you know, I mean, that's kind of the issue we've seen all along, right? It's it's like where do you draw that line between you know recommending BlackBerry 10 to like where's that line drawn on a person? Um, you know, the type of people who need apps and who don't need apps, right? And it's like, even me, like, I'm a pretty low-key guy. Like, I don't really need that many apps. Uh, but at the same time, if I was coming fresh in and wanted a new operating system or something like that, you know, would I want to restrict myself to BlackBerry 10 where I know there isn't going to be any future support for it, right? And it's kind of like, yeah, BlackBerry 10 right now, it's a great operating system, but it's like, you know, can, can I really recommend it to somebody? Given the lack of support that's going on there, right? And it's not a it's not a stab at BlackBerry, right? Because I like the operating system. I think it's the best operating system out there. It's just in reality, in, in terms of the market out there, it's like how how can I like reasonably recommend it to somebody when I know in the future, like in a year or two down the road, it's going to end up being you know a wrong decision long term, right? But by then they'll buy a new phone, you know. That's that's what I, I'm saying. Like right now, I mean, one, they hold their value. The resale value on Blackberries is actually pretty significant. I was surprised that passports and things like that are still selling for a couple hundred bucks. And even Z30s for a hundred bucks here or there. I mean, they hold their value pretty well. And that can be said of a lot of smartphones these days, but I think Blackberry 10 ones, because they have that loyal, loyal user base, they're going to retain a lot of their value. I mean, if I were to try to sell this red one, it would disappear in a heartbeat because people would jump on it. Now, with that being said, Obviously, the difference between Android and Viper 10 is going to be the app support, the services, and the integration of those services as well. There's a lot of other additives, you know, Android Auto, Android Wear. There's a lot of other additives that build upon what Android is in terms of an ecosystem. So ecosystem-wise, you know, definitely Android has the, the win there. But for me, I honestly, and using, because I use Perv for maybe five months, maybe longer, maybe six months. When it come out, September? Yeah, I probably use it for like six no, months. Probably. Yeah, November. So I, I I used Perv for a fairly long time, and I still use it as like a, a Wi-Fi device here and there. Like I'll t- tweet on it here and there and stuff like that. But for me, it was about the user paradigm. For me, it felt like a step backwards because in my mind, I'm an intelligent human being. I get the mobile gestures, and I get the fact that you know the the whole paradigm of the operating system for me. Android felt like a cumbersome step back 
Alex, for instance, the BlackBerry Hub on Android. Kind of a pain, you know? You can learn to love it and learn to get used to it, but it still will never be the same as the real BlackBerry Hub. And again, if you compare as well the screen resolution difference between a Passport and a... I mean, Priv freaking truncates my emails that are too long. It's like, what decade are we in right now? Whereas yeah. on Passport, I get the full wide email. Everything's beautiful. It makes me want to respond. Everything's very, very seamless. Whereas Android, it's just so cumbersome. And I don't know if that's because I don't have the Marshmallow update, and I do don't think that's the case. Uh, it's just... For me, Android is just a step back. Everything that those three buttons at the bottom on Android do, I can do with one gesture on BlackBerry 10. And it's a difference between me having a dumb phone, a, a phone that's dumbed down to meet the ease, ease of use standards that a lot of people have versus BlackBerry 10, which, yes, has a learning curve, but once you get over that curve, it's a beautiful, really, really integrated system. So, Alex, for you, the, the services support was obviously what you needed, the applications, right? Mm -hmm. So... How do you find in terms of like your multitasking? Isn't it kind of cumbersome? Like you want a very high spec device, but that's Android, right? I know it's gonna lag up on you sometimes when I do the screen rotation on you know some of those websites. Uh, it just borks everything up. Yeah. yeah, no, there are problems at times, but realistically, I mean, at least from the hub side of things, I don't have any emails in the hub. I literally just use the hub as kind of an aggregated. Uh, uh, messaging clients, so the, all my messaging and social media, and I'm I'm actually like liking the hub a lot now on Android. I I totally stopped using it at one point, um, but just removing email from it because email's all right in the hub. So I'm using like inbox from actual email, and then the hub is actually working really really nicely for for what I'm trying to do for it, just as a message aggregator. So I feel like they they could very easily. Throw it on. We've talked about this before. Just throw it on like the leftmost pane within the BlackBerry launcher or whatever, and have it more integrated. And I feel like it would feel a lot more natural. As for jumping between apps and things like that in Android, yes, I mean it, it's a pain at times, but I've gotten like used to the that simple gesture. Just click click the button and then uh, just click the other app there, and you can do it fairly quickly. And once we start getting, <laughs> so you I, said, so you made it set up like BB10. <laughs> it, well, exactly, because realistically, yes, the old pair, the, the the basic paradigm in Android, where it just has the big like squares filling up, I think that's a terrible multitask. Like it's it's a terrible experience. Yeah, for that. the, the Rolodex so, mess for sure. It it's it's not it's not built for multitasking. I don't really know what it's built for. So, I mean, there are things that I really like that BlackBerry did for Android, and I think they're necessary, but. I guess the biggest thing is, yes, BB10 may be better at multitasking right now at the moment, but looking at what is going to eventually be happening to Android with N, and they're having all this multitasking built in very nicely with N, that won't ever come to BlackBerry 10, unfortunately. And even if it did, the amount of app support they would need to be able to modify their apps to run in split screen and things like that, they just don't have the devs on board anymore to do all of that. So... As Brandon said, thinking about the future, Android is is a place that actually has a future. Whereas BlackBerry 10, unfortunately, you know they could they could do so many awesome updates to BlackBerry 10, but you it always comes back on the developers and being able to make multitasking better by modifying their apps and things. And I just don't think there's enough developers on board to do that. So that's really where you run into problems with it. <laughs> that awkward moment you already have split screen on your passport. Thank you, Workwide Brian. Oh, shout out. Shout out. Shout out. <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny, you know, all the gaps are filled on BlackBerry 10. Yes, there are services inconsistencies, and there's obviously a lack of care from BlackBerry when it comes, but 
it, it's it's for me the fact that it's the integration. It's that whole paradigm of the multitasking. The fact that like I have to pay for YouTube Red on Android, whereas on BlackBerry Ten I just get it. You know. No, that's not all YouTube Red is. Come on, I get what you're saying, but that's not all you do. I Red use Spotify, is. so I don't care about the Google Play Music. It's also advertisements and things too, bro. Oh. I, I get it, Alex. I get it. We know you love Android, and this is why you'll never do a no. review on Barry. Well, <laughs> Alex has got the biggest hard on for like Google and Android, man. No, he was telling no, me the other day. No, it's, no, he was telling Apple, me the other day. I want to hear what Brandon has to say. What did I say the other day? Alex told me the other day. He's what like, did I say? He's like, don't tell the Berry Flow crew, uh, but but I have like a Google, uh, what's it called, a pillow that I sleep on oh, at night. Yes, yes, and I'm yes, like, yes. dude, like seriously? <laughs> Are you serious, Alex? <laughs> oh, absolutely. I got a YouTube one over there, <laughs> Google over there. Oh, man. <laughs> No, but it, um, it, I, I get what you're saying, and there are, there are some workarounds on Android too to be able to like play videos with the screen off and things like that. But it's and I and I understand like yes, it comes right out of the box with BlackBerry. But the ironic part is the it, it's a limitation of BB10 which allows for that to happen. So it's it's such a weird way that that works. So yes, YouTube is not able to stop playing when the screen turns off or it gets minimized. Because that's a limitation of the BlackBerry 10 browser that Google is not able to have access to to do things to, and that's where it's like a weird. It's like a limitation that's good for the consumer because now they don't have to buy YouTube Red to get that specific functionality. Yeah. Like I use the actual YouTube app that is patched. Again, it was pre-patched, so literally I just downloaded the oh, APK. Okay. So I'm using full YouTube, and then with the benefit of VB10's multitasking. So for me, yeah. it's 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 super super seamless and again I can skip skip ads and things like that I mean it's whatever now there, there's a lot of things the real hub is one of probably the most pertinent things it's like I don't have to launch these applications I was just telling my buddy earlier I have the Facebook app working entirely perfect on my my passport and I never updated to the to the browser version so literally I have it my messages and hub, my liked post, all of that, and I have the full native app that still totally works. Why BlackBerry removed it, I feel like they thought the support was totally going to cease and the API was going to get closed, so they wanted to move people over, but then realized uh, it didn't. It just isn't going to be supported. And maybe, who knows, in a couple months it totally stops working and the feed stopped feeding and all of that. But for me, everything's working really well. Messenger, all of that stuff in the hub. I don't need Face 10, Face 5, Facebook, or whatever else is out there. <laughs> no, Facebook is a real thing. Trust me. Face Please. to chat. Face to chat. Face, face to face to chat. Snap to Gram. <laughs> snap to Gram. Take a Snapchat post to Instagram. <laughs> it's like, why didn't Emory just do that? Didn't we tell him to do that after yeah, one of these? Build apps? every app into just one. Just build one app and put it all because you have everybody's APIs. Just do one yeah. app. He literally could have created his own like social network. Yeah, just, it's. It's memory, just all of it. No, but it's a, it's one of those pain points, and I honestly feel like I'm back on BlackBerry 10. I'm not missing anything from my priv, like at all. I don't. I, I found myself like hating Snapchat now with the latest update on it. Anyway, where all the stories feed into one another, it's just a pain. It, I'm like, whose story am I watching at this point? There's literally nothing on the Android device that I, I honestly miss. And and I look at my priv, and everything runs really, really well, and I don't really have a lot of the latency issues Alex has because he's pretty hardcore with his multitasking. I got like one app open, but for me, it's just the yeah, UI. Alex, Alex, what are you doing? What are you doing multitasking, Alex? That you like put it's, your phone it's, through, it's, s it's, through such it's, a hard time? 
it's as simple as having the map application open and then having Google Play Music just play music and then getting a phone call. That's all it needs for all of the memory to run out and your phone does not work anymore. That's all. Oh, so I, I see what the issue is. It's more popular than the rest of us. I see, I see what it is. Oh, absolutely. Calls and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I'm always driving <laughs> places I don't know because they're always really yeah. nice, cool places. And I can't even remember the last time I got a phone call. <laughs> I think it was from Alex <laughs> on a BBM voice. <laughs> Two hours later, yes, Alex. Go to bed. Go to bed. It's over now. Uh. So I want to close off here talking about Dallin's article. He's a business intelligence analyst. He's been an editor at Barry Flow for some time now. He had a really nice article. How he's been kind of through the through the ringer of Android, iOS, and Windows Phone, even a dumb phone. He always comes back to BlackBerry 10. And for a lot of the same reasons that all of us continue to use BlackBerry 10, it's the user interface, it's the hub, it's the multitasking, battery life, build quality. I laugh at my crib speakers because I put the Passport speakers on and blows it away. I literally can be in a giant room with just the Passport speakers on blast, and it's going fill to the, fill the room with sound. And it's those little, little things. I honestly think the slider mechanism on the priv is a little bit just janky at times. I don't know why. I like sliding it, and it's smooth, but just having to slide it up is really a cumbersome thing. And, and the fact that the screen isn't necessarily stationary, you get some weird, weird issues with it as well. And again, build quality-wise, I like the Passport more, and I wish that there was a little bit more of a marriage between some of the quality that we've seen on devices like the Classic and the Passport that came over to devices like the Priv. Uh, again, you have a giant front-facing speaker, but you put it in one mono speaker? I mean... Come on, is it is, yeah, these compromises you made? For instance, two megapixel camera. Like, bro, the Z10 had a two megapixel camera. <laughs> it's been three years. Uh, you know, this is little things that the compromise, not on the build quality, but sometimes the components. I think were compromised to get the priv to what it is, and I don't necessarily agree with some of those moves. We were talking earlier, like, would you like a BB10 running priv in our BBM group? And I was like, absolutely not. I feel like it would be weird to do gestures on the slide out, doing like an up and right gesture, which it works, no doubt, but it feels weird. Like, it feels way too top-heavy to do gestures like that. What do you guys think? Wait, would you, on would the priv? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's not bad, dude. That's, I don't know. I don't I'm feel like it's I'm not. talking about with the keyboard open. I do, it's open. Yeah? I, I For me, it feels just, like too weird and cumbersome. Like, the device is so tall, and I'm sliding around it. Like, to go, to go do that left-hand pull, I got small fingers, and it's just not happening. I have to like really like balance it on the corner just to get over there to make that happen. And again, on passport and things like that, everything's so one hand friendly. Like I hate jumping okay, the, around all these. The passport is around. not well. Okay, it's one hand friendly, but it's a, it's a monstrous device. It's tough to use with one hand because it's meant to be a two hand device. Yeah, it, it for typing it definitely is. But because the screen isn't as tall, you can still reach a lot of those. Top yeah. buttons without having to kind of go crazy or you know do do calisthenics. <laughs> <all the> way <laughs> <to go. laughs> my Alex, my my lady friend says Google Pillow question mark. So you're gonna get you're gonna get flack for that for for years to come. Just so Isn't you know. that supposed to be a good thing? Mm. Isn't that what the, the ladies love? I have a little Android pillow. <laughs> he has a G spot. Google. He has a G spot on his bed. I'm dead. <laughs> a Google spot. Oh boy. <laughs> Brian, you sleep with Brian every night, man. <laughs> that would be a B spot. It's it's just ironic because for me, BlackBerry 10 was really, really built for one-handed ease of use versus Android, which was built for apps. You know, It's an app launcher. At the end of the day, that's all it is for me. 
The notification tray is garbage. Like Alex says, he's got to use Hub just so he can find that notification that he accidentally dismissed. <laughs> <laughs> or clear all, then, you know, it's gone forever. It's just like this really, really cumbersome experience for me. And being back on Passport, I'm happy. I know there's limitations. But for me, I'm not that crazy app user who needs Slack or, you know, who needs Google Aware or anything, you know. <laughs> You're going in on your G-spot on this chat, Alex. <laughs> hey. I used to have a B-spot, <laughs> but uh, I got I to gotta get my BlackBerry Frisbees out so I can throw them at you. <laughs> yeah. It's honestly a pain point for me. and it's, it's just Android. It has nothing to do with BlackBerry. It has nothing to do with the Priv. It's just Android. And I made this joke earlier on Twitter and on the BBM channel, and I think it rings entirely true, and it says... Uh, BlackBerry going to Android is like a girl who got a boob job. Yes, we're happy for you. It looks good, but it's not <laughs> who you are. You know, it's like you puffed yourself up just to make a cosmetic change to who you are. But at the end of the day, who you are is not that. The founding principles of why you are in the mobile space is not Android. And I know it's uh, you know, obviously an appeasement for market share and trying to keep the hardware business alive. But I think BlackBerry 10 has a lot of potential, and to squander the millions of dollars that you put to build the operating system, to support the operating system, to go Android is such a slap in the face to the thousands and thousands, if not millions, of people using BlackBerry 10. And and, and not only that, I think there's a long-term play that BB10 can still show its benefits. It's you need to get your own house in order first. You know, get your sh sales channels involved and figure out what your customer truly wants. Because at the end of the day, I think there are some specific industries and customers who want a BB10 device and don't even know it. And again, that's that customer edu education piece that's going to be so imperative for them. It says, what does your business need? Do you want your, your employees to have Snapchat on the same phone that they're handling highly confidential emails? Yes or no? Like, do you want a secure partition and things like that? Balance is bar none probably the best thing in terms of that BEZ12 connectivity and even the good dynamic platform. There's so many things that BlackBerry 10 still has to offer, and I, I, I would recommend you to look at reviews for both devices before you make a decision because at the end of the day, BB10 is still a damn good OS. And again, there's things that you're going to get with your purchase of a BB10 device that you're ultimately going to have to pay more for to get on Android. For, so for instance, if you want multitasking, you have to pay for YouTube Red you know, to get that as an additive. There's a lot of small things that you are extra on the already high price point of your priv. So for me, if I'm going to spend $700 or buy a passport for $400, to me, there's really – it's a tough point because, honestly, I feel like Priv and Passport are very equal in terms of what they offer to you. So, and Brandon, like for you, I know yeah. you don't really want to jump over to a, to a Priv mainly because the price, right? Yeah, it's mainly the price. Like, like, And also comments that you guys say about the Hub. I mean, the Hub is my life on BlackBerry 10. I mean, and yes. if you guys say Everything. it's not that great on Android, it's really, you know, it's like it, it's one of those trade-off things. It's like, am I willing to trade off the convenience of the hub just to have a few more apps? And, and right now, at this point, especially with the price the way it is for the Priv, I'm not sure I'm willing to make that trade-off. Um, we'll see if they if they improve the hub on the Priv. I mean, I'm, to be fair, I'm I'm kind of like talking out of my ass here because I haven't really used the device that much, full disclosure. So, I mean, for all I know, you guys are full of hot air, and I'm just as bad as you know those people who harp on BlackBerry without like using it, right? Um, but I mean, uh, that's definitely one aspect of this whole market, right? Is that it's it's 
it's the marketplace sentiment about the device. And, and right now what I'm hearing from people is that the hub isn't that great. So, so that's what's kind of pulling me back, including the price on it, right? But more I so, I mean, it's, the price is also a, big, a huge inhibitor right there as well. Yeah, and you know, I think the hub is just literally an imit or a limitation of Android at this moment. We're having a little chat within the chat here on YouTube, and the main thing is like BlackBerry 10 was built around this card aspect where it can launch a short instance of the app. It's almost like a standalone app that can just do a function and then you back off. The problem with Android is sometimes like BBM chats work fine. So essentially within the hub, you click the BBM chat. There's the BBM chat. You respond. You click the back button. You're back in the hub. But there are some other apps like Twitter, certain certain ones that you click it, and it's like, oh great, here's the tweet, and now you click back, and now you're in the Twitter app, and it's like, no, 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 I want I want it back to bring me back to the hub, not the Twitter app. But the problem is probably the limitation of these specific apps, where they would have to build a card functionality that BlackBerry could then rope into with the hub. So it's a lot of this isn't necessarily BlackBerry's fault. I think it's just limitations of the platform not being built for the idea of the hub. BlackBerry 10 was built with the hub as the main infrastructure of everything. So it, I, I, think it, I don't think it will ever be the level of BlackBerry 10 because it wasn't built with that. Android was never built with that thought process. It has the notification tray in place of the hub on Android at least. So I, I don't know. It will never totally replace it. Hold on, I just got a crazy yeah. email. I just got a crazy email. Crazy email. I well, guess, okay, what, I, I guess, okay, I guess. So get, th get this, guys, get this. In beta zone right now is a native app called Play Store, and Play Store basically bundles all of Cobalt's hacks into, oh, one, into one app. So now you literally can get it without any handiwork. No going to a forum, reading instructions. It's all seamless in one app, which is dope. Thank you, David, for sending that over. That is pretty it's cool. It's Ninja. Ninja Cell does that. Yep, Cell Ninja. Uh, which is, uh, what's his name? Uh, Roger LeBlanc. He's a Le great... Blanc. Roger LeBlanc. LeBlanc. Now, uh, and again, he... these are the things that I, again, yeah. it's like the native developers on BlackBerry 10 are keeping it going, period, point yeah. blank. Again, another reason why you can easily recommend a BlackBerry 10 device, tell them to download this one app, boom, they've got all their Google necessities. I mean, for the most part, you're going to get 99% of everything you're going to need. And even then, you can go out and patch things pretty easily using a computer and an APK. Um, but I mean, that, at that point, the one downside of that is you are emulating, and like Snapchat, for instance, works like crap enough on Android as a native app. So now imagine using Snapchat emulated on BlackBerry 10. So, I mean, it, there's some apps that it's it'll work or it might work, but it's not really a good solution. Um, it's, I don't know. Did, did anybody watch the Kentucky Derby? Any of you guys into that? <laughs> no. Anyone? No. No? no? I got roped into it. I feel like a girl roped you in, or was it a guy? No, it was a few of my buddies. They When they, they gambled on it, we were like, we know nothing about horses, but let's do it. And uh, I put ten on on the winner, and I won thirty thirty one bucks. So that's 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 the end of my my betting career uh, on the on the derby. But it was interesting. <laughs> Both of you guys are like totally preoccupied doing other shit, so I'm just talking about whatever. We're just, we're just using our BlackBerry ten devices and loving it. Sorry, uh, that's cool, man. <laughs> Even Alex is like my dog died. That's cool, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got I got to do a quick shout out again. Very Flow Patreon, check it out. Get some swag. Help support Alex's uh, bad eating habits. We're and trying my G -spot. to. 
Oh, I need no, to get. No, no. I gotta <laughs> fill out more. No, no, I gotta fill no. out more. Al- Alex, Alex has got his bedrock going then. Yeah, I gotta get more Android swag. So it's not like Please we're. Don't. Please don't. <laughs> Please don't. I, I will say. I will say again. We are looking to make some changes on the podcast. And again, your continued support definitely helps it out. What we're yeah, trying to do me is, out. That's basically what we're doing. No, <laughs> what, we're, what we're trying to do is migrate the entire podcast system which we're doing natively on our own through our website, which is a pain in the ass. Um, uh, we're trying to move it all over to SoundCloud to give you guys a better listening experience, a more reliable listening experience, a better RSS as well. So, again, consider supporting the podcast on berryflow.com forward slash Patreon. Got a lot of reward tiers. We are on episode 98 right now on May 22nd, which is in two weeks. We are doing our 100th episode and on that 100th episode, we're going to have our patron supporters on air with us. So that's going to be super cool. I'm stoked about it's it. Gonna be fun. Yeah, it's going to be super fun. We're going to get to chit-chat, and they're going to get to ask us directly, have that direct dialogue with us. And they're going to be here on air, so you all are going to get to see who keeps this podcast going because it's them. It's not us. It's totally them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Alex and I cry every night. We're like, <laughs> I'm <on the> stream. Why? <laughs> Alex literally has to spend like 45 minutes waiting for it to download, and then he has to go to upload it and all that. It's a super manual process, so... Your continued financial support definitely keeps the podcast going, keeps Barry Flow going. I gotta pay Alex to keep the website up. <laughs> he's threatened. He's threatened to kick me out multiple times for uh, for failure, off, failure to pay. He's like, "Hey, bro, you gonna pay this yeah. month?" I'm like, "Uh, yes." One second, <laughs> waiting for the patron money to come in. <laughs> I've been pretty good on it though, right, Alex? Right? Yeah, you're up to date, man. You're up to date. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to make it next month. No, I'm just kidding. But again, your support really does help. We appreciate it because it allows us to continue this dialogue about BlackBerry and keep the ignorance kind of out, you know? I mean, there's a lot of miscommunication, misinformation going on around BlackBerry, so at least you get to come one place and get an educated dialogue as to what's going on and what to expect. Again, you can expect probably the first BlackBerry mid-range Android handset to come late summer, so we're thinking probably a little bit earlier than what Priv hit, and um, Brandon will maybe upgrade to that, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> depending on the price range, but we, we appreciate everyone supporting and continuing to watch this podcast. Again, Blaze could not be with us. He's spending time with his mother. Check out his Instagram. He just posted some short ribs that looked awesome, so that's all good for him, <laughs> right? Super fancy. I wish I had a reason to spend a lot of money. Oh, well. Oh, well. Anyway, gentlemen, appreciate you guys' time, and we will catch you guys next week on episode number 99. That'll be May 15th. We're looking forward to it. On May 14th, which I will say is a Saturday, this coming Saturday of this week, I have a special treat for everyone who likes BBM, so uh, I'll keep that on lock for now, but some cool stuff coming. We will not be doing an after show tonight. We want to spend some time with our mothers, etc., so we'll post that out on the Patreon as well for you guys. But we'll have our, our normal uh, setup for us next week. Anyway, guys, take care. Peace. Thanks for watching. Later. Take care. See you. And-